Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Yes, that energy is out there right now, right? Y'all know this show is sponsored by BetUS. Look, I got some swag now. You know I'm over here making $3.00. Three dollars. Yes, bet US. Go to WileyWins.com. WileyWins.com. I see y'all in there already. Y'all trying to get get like me, huh? Y'all trying to get some money going over here. TLE or something like that. Let's do it. If you go to WileyWins.com right now and sign up, I'll give you 125%. That's more than you deserve. <laughs> 125% sign up bonus. So we can compete for a little change, a little coin out there. I am loading up some prop bets right now. It's going to be crazy. Like, uh, who's going to have a jerry curl next in the league? Like, we put in the <laughs> Let me stop. We're going to have some crazy ones, though. We're going to play war. Got to play war. Got to play blackjack. Those my favorite games. And just compete against each other and have some fun. So, go to Wiley Wins. A bet US. You see it at the corner right there? One at the bottom? Yes, go to bet US, but WileyWins.com. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude well yesterday had a pickleball social the kids weren't in school it was indigenous people holiday for some kids and not other kids i'm like what y'all segregating the kids <laughs> i tell you one thing if it's a private school if you're paying money for that kid to go to school that kid is not going to any holiday whether it's an official government holiday or just the homies just saying hey man i don't know about today <laughs> They do not go to school because we paying for it. That's why it is like that. They already got their money. They already got the money in the bank. They're like, all right, well, we got indigenous people today. Then I was asking my friends, like, where your kids at? Oh, they at school. I was like, anyway, that's how that went yesterday. Had a pickleball social. That was fun. I'm playing a lot better right now. My body's feeling good. My neck is on fire. And it's weird. You're a former player and you're like, damn, I got some injuries. People always say, how you feel? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And then you... 
neck just burning right now. So if y'all see me looking a little stiffer than normal, it ain't for no other reason but taking on that lead block in practice, Oklahoma drill, something like that. So other than that, we had basketball practice yesterday, very physical. Yes, the itty bitties, we were trying to show them pick and rolls and how to set screens. And I think we showed them the right way and they took it the wrong way. <laughs> kids, was, kids was just running into you. Yeah. I was like, no, you can't keep running. Once you get there, you got to get big and just square up. Wow. I mean, they were on the floor. And I always tell kids, stay off the ground because the ground is undefeated. The ground has never lost a battle with any athlete ever, right? So I'm just looking at kids just bowling pinning and just falling like dominoes, trying to set moving screens, which is going to be illegal, which we can't do anyway. But hey, they were just trying to do what we said and what we were doing a little bit harder. So love to the itty bitties. They had a good practice yesterday. We're still undefeated. We'll see how we play this Friday. Other than that, I am in an amazing mood despite my neck being on fire because we just got a mega multi-million. Oh, let me go. I can't say too much. We got a mega multi donation to Project Transition. Woo. Just got off the phone. No lie, y'all. About to cry. About to cry. Why? Because we're about to have impact. All right. And in this relationship, this partnership, this is going to be strategic. You guys go to our website. Please go to projecttransition.org, projecttransition.org. Never going to forget, everybody has to be a part of this team, right? In time, talent, treasure. We need you to just go there and leave a recurring donation, weekly, monthly. We don't care the dollar amount. Or you also can go there and just leave a donation or your email. Just be a part of the team in the haps. And I'll send this book to everybody who leaves recurring donations. Yes, I do. But more than that, just to explain our high fives, we got high fives, F-I-V-E-S, family, intelligence, value, know who you are, right? Experiences and sportsmanship. Y'all know what it is. So we have three in focus with this relationship and this new donation we just got which is the intelligence with our educational empowerment series. What is that? That's when we go out to the schools, we go out to the foster homes, juvenile detention centers, wherever the underserved are, and we meet with those kids in assembly form. And then we get all their information, we address their needs, we talk through their needs, and then we come back and have monthly check-ins, right? Like that? Yes, we do. And those reinforcements bring them into our ecosystem. Guess where we go from there? Through our mentorship, resources, and scholarship, we give them incentive to continue to grow to higher education. That's real. So we're going out there to grab the kids, to bring them back here, and make sure we reinforce these values. We stay in support of them. They're always in contact with us. Hopefully, to one day they win a scholarship through Project Transition. Y'all got to be a part of this, man. The experiences, we have one program called Leaving Your Locale, basically leave your borders. Wherever you're from, you're from East LA, you got to get out of there. We got to take you on an experience. We go take you on a field trip, go to a game, country club, five-star experience, leave the city, leave the state, etc. And we always have our sportsmanship as well, our last one, where it's a program called Everyone's Coach. So I'm using my network pro athletes, former pro athletes, collegiate athletes, right? And they go to the underserved communities and they give them specialized training. They give them individual coaching and group coaching. Why? Because y'all know how the game is going. They're taking the athletes from there 
right? And then they're shipping them out, busting them out, and leaving all those other kids there to dry, just to sit there and fend for themselves. And they're not getting the same support and resources. They don't have the money. They don't have the means to have those specialized coaches. But we do. My network does and Project Transition does. So support this so we can go back to the community where I grew up, where I wouldn't be forgotten. Because right now, the MJ, my son, is out here. He's all right. But what about me a generation ago when I was over there? Would I be all right? So that's what we're doing with our Everyone's Coach program. Please support us. Go to projecttransition.org. Leave any amount. And if you leave a recurring donation, this is yours. All right. Y'all know what it is. It's time for us to get into this show. So let's talk about things. Man, my man, Mario Cristobal. <laughs> man, he made the wrong call, the wrong decision, and not kneeling down at the end of that Miami Hurricanes game. We saw him lose to Georgia Tech. We all saw how it went down. Don't want to bore you with those details. I want to take you behind the veil of how it feels to be betrayed by your damn head coach. Because <laughs> I know we've all been there on some level if we play sports. You know, that call that came in and you sitting there like, but you don't have the authority to say anything. And you run that call to futility and it doesn't work out, and you look to the side, better than I did because my neck hurt, but you look to the side and you're like, this mother, what just happened here? Okay, so let's recap final moments of the game. Miami opted to run the ball, 33 seconds remaining. They could have just kneeled down, game over. Guess that wasn't fun enough. <laughs> so they, they up 2017, Don Chaney Jr. fumble. Georgia Tech recover, win 74 yards, 25 seconds. 23-20, come from behind, Yellow Jackets win. 44-yard touchdown pass from Haynes King, Kristen Leary. Let's go to war. Okay. Now, Coach, it's one thing to gamble. You see, this is not even gambling. Because gambling is you're spending your money in the hopes of winning more money, but in the reality of probably losing some money. But it's yours. I don't even call what he did as a head coach gambling. We got to make up a new term. Because, damn it, I ain't your money. <laughs> you ain't earn everything I have yet. You have to earn my respect. You have to earn my trust. But you force it, and it's enforced just because of your title, just because of your status. So I can't bark because I can't bite. What's the use of barking? Bark back at the coach, see what happened to you. Benched, passive-aggressive, forgotten. So you sitting there like, this sucker, this Everybody on the field got to know. Kneel down, dog. First of all, we the ones out here on a typical run play. It's always this. Why? 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 Everybody going to war, right? What you doing, coach? Checking if the second button is still good on the polo. You calling. All right, so game over, but we got to go have some more contact for fun, for sport, for what? We already won the game. So I've been in a situation before, right, where I'm looking to the sideline like, I don't believe he called this. And it makes me respect the great coaches, and even great coaches make bonehead plays, bonehead calls. Um, but at the same time, it's human chess. Play the game the right way, because you are doing that through our services. This ain't gambling. That money ain't getting up and moving. That money doesn't hurt. That money doesn't have pain. That money neck ain't on fire. <laughs> a real human being dog and you want us to trust you 
That's the crazy. All right, so let me give y'all some scenarios. Because this just reminded me of how that Sunday criticism, because you're going to be the one to blame. They're going to look at the team. The team now has a loss. The players have a loss. The players shot of making the college football playoffs slimmer. Not gone, but slimmer, right? All of that comes back on us. And that criticism is not the same as yo, my bad. They killing us, and then you're going to say, my bad. Woo! I remember it was like, to me, it was Sunday criticism and Monday's my bad. <laughs> I look at that coach. Coach calling me a stunt. He said, all right, I want Wiley. I want you to run that ET and run right inside right there and make the play. Except I think they heard him because they ran the play outside and ran and scored a touchdown. Everybody, Wiley, get contained. you sorry. Overpaid. Boo. And I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> can you grab the mic? Can you go upstairs to the PA booth and tell everybody you called that BS? And I was just doing what you said and I shouldn't have. Crazy is that, right? And this is not even Mario's first rodeo or first blunder in this situation. Got a propensity to doing these type of things, man. Isn't it messed up? Because I know this happens to you guys at work, guys at work as well. Your, your superior, your boss asks you to do something. And you sitting there like, man, you ain't in the field. You ain't, you ain't got your feet on the ground. That ain't going to work. I hear a lot of times y'all say that at the water cooler, but you can't say it in his office, right? Can't say it even at your cubicle, right? I hate that dynamic. Because I'm like, dog, if you empower me and employing me, listen to me, you know? Not fully. <laughs> it's a relationship, though. Somebody on that field of one of y'all 11 didn't want to say, Coach, why you don't want to kneel it? You know, that's how you say it in college. And the pros be like, kneel the ball. <laughs> but in college be like, why you want to nail it? <laughs> Ran that play, got it, got it, and game over. Man, I, I don't see how you recover from this this season because I don't think they're going to get into it. Look, they got North Carolina. That's going to be tough coming off of this. He's saying how the kids responded in practice. Uh, he said, we expected a good response today, and that's what we got. There's a lot of conviction in our preparation and processes. The guys are very eager to get back to work and prepare for this weekend's opportunity. What else he's supposed to say? <laughs> and what else they supposed to do? But when somebody betrays your trust like that, you know how close you are to just not trusting them at all. Like, you just don't have the same spirit and same conviction in what they say. Now, you can force me to do things. There's a huge difference between me going through the process and motions of doing something and me having the same level of conviction and intention when I do it. We'll see how they play. I'm just letting y'all know, mark this moment. If Miami doesn't go out there with the same level of heart, it ain't they heart. <laughs> it's what they thinking. And they thinking right now, coach, you betrayed us. So what y'all think of this situation right here? Crazy, right? Ugh. Y'all think he did? <laughs> y'all think he did? Like, no. What was he thinking? Let's just go there. What? Give me the best explanation of justification for what he did, right? Like, he really did that. I can't, I, I, I've been thinking through my football mind, there's no justification for that. Let me know what you guys think of that. And do you think Miami recovers from this? Think they can make the playoffs still? Let's hear that. Beat it up in the comments. Y'all know I always come in with a moment. You ready for this? Here goes the neighborhood. <laughs> Four or five homies in the mothership. 
Better known as a deuce and we all want to smother. Shit. <laughs> Bet. From the back house got tip. Why slow that song? Brother, it's dollars and cents. The fools can't hold us. <laughs> How come every time you hear a hard song, you get hard? I'm, he in a recording booth, so he ain't hard. He reading it off his phone. He hit off the boat. It's probably didn't even have a phone when that song came out, huh? He was writing it down. And I'm about to do for the deuce file. <laughs> I love that song. Shout out to Ice Cube. I love it so much. And shout out to ProjectTransition.org and you and your support. Go to ProjectTransition.org. Leave a recurring donation for one of our high fives, one of our pillars, and you will get that book tagged up, hooked up. That's what I do. All right, let's get into the story right now because this is a story of perception. Yes. A lot of people perceive Brock Purdy as being a bad quarterback when he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant. Well, things have changed. <laughs> but not all things have changed because not everyone has given him his proper respect and proper due. So Brock Purdy, another impressive performance. Another one. Uh, 49ers are perfect right now, 5-0. and And it's starting to lead to a lot of conversation about not only just Pro Bowl, but potential MVP consideration. He's getting a lot of love as he deserves it right now. They have not lost a game, well, they're 9-0, that he started and finished. We know what happened in the NFC Championship game. He got knocked out. Their chances got knocked out with it. Can't come back at the end. Man, he was done. They were done. So they go as Brock Purdy goes, right? So you see an undefeated team with a quarterback playing at that level, hasn't thrown an interception, who ain't thinking he's one of the top quarterbacks? And this is interesting when you talk about rankings. How fluid are the rankings? How concrete should the rankings be? If you come into a season and you have someone ranked low and they balling out of control, are you reluctant? Are you hesitant to move them up those rankings? That's the conversation we about to have right here. Because Purdy's rise led to a public disagreement with uh, NFL analyst Steven Ruiz and his quarterback rankings at the ringer, causing controversy. Now, immediately when I read that, and this is no slight to Steven Ruiz, because he may not know who Marcellus Wiley is, whoever that is. Did I just talk about myself in a different way? <laughs> oh, man. But it just makes me think of what Colin Coward said, like, you got to be interesting, not always right. And to cause controversy, controversy is interesting. Like, I would have never, ever heard of Steven Ruiz until he incorrectly Rank Brock Purdy to get some attention. Did he do it on purpose or is he really believing this? I don't see how you can believe it because your eyes aren't lying to you. The dude is undefeated in his career so far. The dude has not thrown an interception and his dude's team is undefeated as well. Hmm. Okay. So Purdy was initially ranked number 32 by Ruiz, but he's moved up like the Jeffersons. No, up to 25. You know who he's behind? Mac Jones. Daniel Jones. Deshaun Watson. And Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did this on purpose. See, this is what I'm talking about. Now. I don't even know you, dude, but I know what you just did. <laughs> what you just did is whack. Change it. Get attention by doing it the right way, as my coach always said. Don't get bored with success. You know what I mean? Do it the right way and just keep doing it the right way. It will come. I understand you're doing it the tortoise way. Like me, I'm a tortoise in terms of like my media takes and I don't have, I got, they, ooh, ooh. 
My, oh, I just had a flashback. My producer used to say, what's the hot take? What do you feel about it? What's you hot on today, Marcellus? I was like, hot? I ain't hot on nothing. What do you mean hot? What's the, what's the question, homie? <laughs> what do you mean hot? I ain't coming in with no headline. Look, that's a tortoise approach. I'm not saying I was better than somebody who had a hot take, but I hated hot takes. So I used to come in with the tortoise approach. And it is a slow build to get your success. Versus, I just go out there, Brock Purdy sucks. What? What? Bring it. They'd be like, okay. <laughs> right? But hey, look out for that falling star. Look out for those falling stars. So all the outlets in San Francisco, everybody, even Peter King nationally criticized Ruiz's rankings, but he's getting Peter King to talk about him. When the last time Peter King talked about Stephen Ruiz? I don't know. I don't remember. Pointing out that he called Purdy mediocre despite his recent success. So Peter King asked Purdy about the skepticism. This is interesting. And he said, that's a good thing. He realizes no one in his building cares that the ringer think he's a below mediocre quarterback. And that's all that matters to him. A football player who doesn't listen to the outside noise. How refreshing. No, Peter King said that about Brock Purdy and his skepticism, but that's not true. Brock Purdy hears the outside noise. He listens to the outside noise. He doesn't internalize the outside noise. We all, can we all stop lying? We all hear it all. Give you something different so you can understand what I'm saying. If you got a girlfriend or you got a boyfriend, you know where I'm going. Getting dressed. Time to go to the event. We're going to Project Transition Gala. Oh, yeah. They're going to raise $200 billion a night. Yes, help these itty-bitties around the world. All right, let's go. Baby, how do I look? You know why you're asking that? Because you want to know what they think before what they think. What do you think before I figure that out and balance it out But what they think? And remember when you go out and you get compliments or you don't get compliments. doesn't matter because most of the communication is nonverbal. Think about this. A woman walks up to me and I do and she's walking towards me and I'm just doing this. She may think she doesn't look good versus. Woman walk up to me and I'm looking like this. <laughs> That's what they do in LA. This is the way you don't get in trouble for saying, damn, you fine. You remember you used to be like, damn, whoa. You'd be like, ah, what? <laughs> now you gotta go. <laughs> but point being, oh yeah, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. Or, or just like this. You know, you gotta play it off. Nonverbal communication. Point being, we are always registering the pros and cons. We're always on the field. We're always on the court. We are always playing the game of life, which means there are cheers. Oh, you look good. Baby, go out. You're going to hurt them tonight. Or booze. Uh, what are those? <laughs> what are those? You know what I mean? That's how life goes. So Purdy hears it. He listens to it. Just doesn't internalize it. It doesn't stick. And it doesn't have to stick. Somebody say, damn, what kind of shoes are those? You easily can fire back, fool, these pro wings. He's fresh. You ain't got to be like, these are pro wings. I'm so sorry. I'm poor. Like, come on, man. So Peter King talked through this, and the Ringer and the Ruiz, and all of them are going back and forth on this one. He won't move it. And why would he ever move his ranking now? Not based on performance, based on y'all response. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing different. Look at all this attention I'm getting crazy we live in this world of attention currency to this level now purdy's unfazed but it's funny when the world 
doesn't give you your flowers, when the world doubts you, when the world wants to be hypercritical of you, you know what answers are if they're telling the truth or not? Not only your results, but your confidence that leads to those results. Your belief in yourself. There are two volumes in this world. One is internal. Turn up the bass, check out my melody and light a cigar. And the other one is out there. And don't think that that voice got to be louder than yours. It's a damn lie. You know why? Because when I was growing up, I had it in my head I was going to do things. And then I kept hearing in the background, sometimes the foreground, just the opposite. You ain't doing that. I remember my boys told me I wasn't going to go pro. Ooh, hurt my feelings. It did. It hurt my feelings. It motivated the hell out of me, though. <laughs> I was going to make them eat those words. But I was like, you know why it hurt me? No other reason. Y'all my boys. Even if y'all don't believe me, pump me up to try and go do it. As long as you don't lead me astray, pump me up. I will pump. My friends come to me with anything. If it ain't going to hurt them, hurt somebody else, waste their time or whatever the hell, go get it. What do I need to do to help you? Like, I hated my friends who would deflate me and then be the same friends that show up tomorrow. You got some tickets, show up to your draft party. Oh, I, ooh, ain't nothing better. When you're looking at them like, mm-hmm, you know I got you under my thumb now because you didn't believe. That's crazy, right? Oh, I hated that. All right, so what you think about this situation? Because I know Brock Purdy, where his confidence is. Uh, where do you rank Brock Purdy in the NFL right now at quarterback? Is he top 10? Top 10 sound easy, and then you be like, oh, that name, that name. <laughs> I say he top 10. I say he top 10. I give him a like, a, he's playing like eight. He's playing like eight. All right, the team is playing like 10, but he playing like eight. Let's see it. And I mean 10, like a 10 out of 10, they're undefeated. And is this a simple career hiccup? Like, you remember Jimmy G? What was Jimmy G? 7-0 and got paid? Brock Purdy 9-0? and Where the money at? If he does this this year, it's a wrap. He getting paid. Or does this look like longevity? Hiccup? Like, watch out. It might be a little more Jimmy G. Even though that's a winner, it's still not. Mm, mm. Even though I love Jimmy G. Or is this longevity? Now, Brock Purdy's that dude. What do y'all think about that? Taking y'all back to Columbia, $1 dances at the Plex. We used to go, here he come, young. Here he come. This or that. And everybody squatting. Come on, who's a black? Did every single person that heard that song do the same thing, squat, and then do this? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. <laughs> I hated I got caught up in that. I was in that impression, those impressionable years where I would just do whatever I saw on MTV Raps. Who's a black sheep? What's a black sheep? And then you just bounce in front of your boy. Oh, oh, and you just bounce in chest. Oh, <laughs> had to do it. It was so hype. Had to do it. Oh, I remember them days. A dollar party? Next level, man. Go to projecttransition.org. Leave a dollar at that party, damn it. <laughs> Leave something for the itty-bitties as we go out to the community. Make sure we amplify their inner power. Show the world how great they can be. Greater than their greatest excuse. You leave a recurring donation weekly, monthly, guess what? I seen you this book. All right. Now, let's talk about Rich Paul and Woj and Shams. Shout out to all the parties involved in this war in basketball. Yes, Rich Paul, we know he is, super agent. Believes that the ongoing competition between Woj and Shams is great for basketball, 
is good for everyone. Let's get to the bottom of why he thinks that. Now, y'all remember back in the days when Woj looked like he was beefing with LeBron James and his camp, right? He was really critical of LeBron James. Let's just say that. Maybe he's doing his job, but in a critical way. <laughs> and that led to expectations that they wouldn't get along. They weren't cool. Friction between Woj and Clutch Sports, which is Rich Paul's agency that represents LeBron and all the NBA. <laughs> 98% of the NBA, it seems like. Goodness. Now, over time, Woj built a relationship with Clutch Sports and LeBron's camp. Relationship. We're about to talk about that. Even assisting in creating leverage for Paul and his client, Ben Simmons, when Simmons wanted to leave Philadelphia. Ooh, starting to cl get close to that line. Get close to that line. So Shams, he represented by UTA previously, now managed by the Montag Group, not directly by Rich Paul. All right, y'all know how this is about to go. So his comments are seen in the context of his interests, maintaining good relationships with two of the most influential NBA insiders, both Woj and Shams, right? Because those guys get the information out to you guys, breaking news, etc. Now, a lot of y'all don't like it. A lot of y'all disagreeing with Chris, uh, Rich Paul. Chris Paul, what's up, homie? Um, feeling that the focus on insider news is taken away from the game itself and is making it more dramatic and all this drama and all this crazy chaos about who is what and what they're feeling and leverage and trying to get in and out of situations instead of just talking about the damn game. And that's why there's a decline in the ratings for the NBA. That's what you fans are saying in general, right? Here's a quote. The way that they do their jobs and the commodification of info nuggets has made NBA content less about the game and more about the drama ah uh, with so much drama in the nba is <laughs> told you i got rap tourettes <laughs> oh man so interesting paul acknowledges the importance of attention and awareness in today's nba where marketing and branding play a significant role it says he says attention and awareness matter more than ever but today's nba news breaking may not actually be in the best interest of the league or its players long term yeah, that's what he says. Maybe, maybe not, because the, the decline in the ratings is not su supporting that. Oh, I love the fact that we always talking about off the court things, off the court issues. So where do you guys land on this one? Want to start there, because where I land on it, I look at all of the info wars as condiments to the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes is ball. Meat and potatoes is championships. Mean potatoes is stars. Now, what do the stars want? I love that fodder. I love that. I mean, look, hot dogs are good, but hot dogs are relish. Ooh, even better. Chili cheese. Mmm. -hmm. Chili cheese, relish, mustard. Ooh, you got that French's. Not any kind of mustard. Don't grape upon me. French's on that thing. Next level, right? And to me, that's what they do. They give you the storylines. They give you the intel. They give you the perceived thoughts or sometimes direct thoughts of what a player is actually going through and thinking of. I like it. I remember I used to get agents calling me when I was on networks all the time for stories. And I was like, oh, okay. And they wanted me to talk good or just know about a situation. I won't call any of you agents out because I don't think you call me in that spirit. And I never took it. <laughs> And everything they told me went in one ear out the other. I was like, man, I ain't going to take care of your boy. That's your, that's your client. I'm listening. I respect you and I respect your relationship. And I ain't going to ever go in unnecessarily. And I'm never going to take care of him unnecessarily. 
that ain't how I play. But I did play with people who play like that. <laughs> I'd be like, dog, we ain't gonna talk about that. No, nah, I don't wanna talk about that. Why? You know what he couldn't say? His boy was representing that dude. And I was like, well, then, dog, we gotta talk about it. Now, how you gonna talk about it, figure that out, because we can't avoid this. But those politics happen all the time. Yes, your favorite TV guy is getting phone calls from some player, his representation, his agent, to say this and don't say that. Happens all the time, and I couldn't stand it. But I ain't care about it because I wasn't going to listen to them or do what they wanted to say, so I didn't care at all. So what do you think of Rich? What do you think of his opinion, right? Y'all think it's good that the insiders are having this war, having all this information out there? Is it good or bad for the NBA? And do you agree that the focus has shifted from on the court to breaking news on your phone? I don't think it's shifted. I think they supplement each other. Obviously, the foundation is the game on the court. Then you just pour some of these spice and these nuggets from those on the outside, right? The shams, the woges of the world who go out there and kind of fill in the blanks as we watch that product. But tell me what you guys think. Are they taking the focus away from the product or are they adding to it? Hey, Bana, y'all know what to do. I got to get to Pro Football Doc real fast. So just go to projecttransition.org, leave a recurring donation to support the kids. Yes, the, the, the tax at Denny's, like that $5 that y'all just got from that glam slam tax, right? Give it to the kids, give it to the community, and support them at projecttransition.org. All right, without wasting any more time, let's bring in my guy, Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc who is now on the show every single week to take the deepest dive that we can take into sports injuries. So, Dr. Chow, oh, man, without further ado, let's speak about right now the Giants and Saquon. There's some more stuff going on, even with Jones. What's happening over there, brother? Well, you know, I loved your previous segment about, look, the way media breaks news, right? There's no Woodward and Bernstein and Watergate. Like, literally, it's the agent telling the reporter or the team telling the reporter. And that's great. We get news that way, but there's spin attached to it. And if you don't think that reporter needs to hold the party line, because, look, I know football better than basketball, obviously, but if if one of the big boys doesn't spin it the right way – you know that agent or team's going to the other big boy next, right? And yeah. so there's just some of that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it works. And what I luckily built our premise at Sports Injury Central on is our eyes and our insider knowledge. Never insider information. Insider knowledge of what the game is as opposed to insider information mm. and trading in that where you're beholden. And that's the fundamental difference. So with Top Giants, look, I don't hate on the Giants at all. I don't know Coach Brian Dable. But like weeks ago, we said, Saquon's got a high ankle sprain, period, end of discussion. It's not an ordinary ankle sprain. And then that initial Thursday game was like, no chance. The next Monday night game, one extra day? I don't think so. This next week, we said questionable at best. This week, I think he is finally ready to try and play. And guess what? It's the same timeline as the 2019 high ankle sprain, three games missed. And we just try and decipher it. Daniel Jones, I like delivering good news. Daniel Jones at, left the game after getting beat up. The man took 16 sacks 
in six quarters of play. I mean, come on. I mean, 16 sacks in six quarters of play. And you saw, and you know, in Sports Injury Central, the whiplash type injury. And we said, thankfully, sure, it hurts, but I don't think this is long term. And there was a lot of scare because he said it felt like 2021. And 2021 is a week 12 neck injury where he missed the final six games of the season. Never had surgery on the on the neck. He had some sort of thyroid or other procedure unrelated. But we looked at the video and go, it's not the same. It's not a disc. It's not a compression. It was a hyperextension. So we're optimistic. Now, the news coming out of the Giants is now they have some optimism. He's not for sure playing next week, but it's not season ending. We'll see. I think he still has a chance to play next week, although maybe you need that offensive line fix before he comes back there. Yeah, I don't, for real. I don't hey, know. Doc, but Saquon obviously would help take some pressure off, right? I mean, so that's what we do. We we just go by our own thing. We don't – I mean, whether it was Travis Kelsey in-game, like Tony Romo talking about high ankles and some other media reporters talking about high ankles. Like, no, that's a low ankle sprain. He's coming back into the game. Uh Kind of but deal. why would so the Giants not give you the same timeline? Like, give me that layer. I I know th- this is too <laughs> coincidental for it to just be like luck or just like a coincidence. Um, Look, just why to not show just say people, it? Just because of competitive advantage. That's how the league works and different things. Okay, and mm-hmm. you know, there's different spins and different ways to do this. Look, Marcellus. Confession, not even confession. People know this. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, no. Oh, here we go. I yeah. was on the other side. Okay. So if you're an attorney, you're the DA and you're a prosecutor. And then when you just quit your government job, you go to the defense because you know how prosecutors work. Right. And yeah, yeah. there's an advantage. So my advantage is I was on this side of the equation, I was on the team side of the equation. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you the inside skinny. I was involved on the charger side of spinning the news when Philip Rivers had a torn ACL going into that AFC championship game and was, mm-hmm. and was you know, doing it. So you want the deep dive. Here's the deep dive. Okay. Mm. If you look at my Twitter page, the background picture, not the, the profile, the, the header, I don't know, whatever you call it. If you look at the roof, yeah. you'll recognize it. It was the last game in the RCA Dome, and I am walking off with Philip Rivers, and we already knew he had a torn ACL. He was trying to get back in the game. I was like, Philip, you can't do it. On the plane ride, he already talked about the knee scope and whatever to take care of the meniscus and play with a brace with the ACL. We said, just relax. We know. Think on it. He's like, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. Uh, I said, the next morning, let's meet at 7 a.m. Don't have anything to eat or drink. We'll see about the surgery and see if we can get you going. So we met with the head coach, the head athletic trainer, myself, and Philip Norv Turner. Coach Turner says, Philip, Billy Volek has got this. Go take care of yourself. Philip mm-hmm. says, no, I, I want to play. Let's go. Let's go. So we still decide to go through and push through. And he did play in that AFC championship game. By the way, he said, it's a chance to play for the Super Bowl. I don't know when I'm going to get back there. And that was his only AFC championship game, that one. And, yeah, but, but hold case, on. You said push through. What does push through mean? That was the part that I'm like, what does push through? Did he have a quick surgery? Like, how do you push through he an had a and play? Simple surgery. And, and, and he's waved HIPAA, so this is why I can talk about it. Simple knee scope surgery to take care of his meniscus. 
and then we were bracing up the ACL to play. Okay. And, wow. and wow. so yeah. he leaves the room to head to surgery. And then we say, well, coach says, well, what am I, I'm going to talk to the media next. What should I say? And he goes, he goes, I'm just going to say MRI pending. And I yeah. said, okay. And I said, yeah. coach, what, what are you going to tell him tomorrow? <laughs> right. And he yeah. goes, hmm, what should I tell him? I said, well, he does have an MCL component. You would not be lying if you talked about the MCL. Mm, mm, mm. Right? So Man. I'm not hating on the Giants. I was involved <laughs> yeah. on the other side, okay? This is just the way the game is played. That's all I'm trying to say, right? I mean, oh, it's not great it. news. And, and I'll tell you another funny anecdote because, I like, one of the reason I love doing this segment is I love the deeper dives. And, and honestly, we don't get to chat enough. So this to me it's just storytelling and swapping, right? Exactly. So we're in New England and we're and look, you know, Buddy was on that team. Okay. Mm, yep. <laughs> and say out. Friday night we get in. Yeah. And originally I'm texting with Buddy and like, oh, let's try and meet up. I ah, I got team meetings. Ah, you know, whatever. And he sends me a text. I kid you not. He sends me a text saying, we all know 17 has a torn ACL and is not playing Sunday. You can tell me. <laughs> we and, all know, but tell me. Uh-huh. Sure you Yeah, know. but like, you know, and and all I now to this day, you know, rest in peace. I don't know whether he was fishing or actually knew something, right? But I just said LOL and laughed, right? I mean, I just like whatever. So there is a lot of gamesmanship that goes on. And this is why it happens. And like I said, no no hate to the Giants or any team. Everybody well, does this. it to some extent. Explain this gamesmanship because you're right. I mean, look, that's it's almost like a parallel to me being a former player and a broadcaster and now telling everyone, hey, there's a veil there. There's a curtain there. Let me tell you behind that what's really going on. Now, what's going on behind Jonathan Taylor's contract? Because we were just on this show and it was injury here and not tradable there. And then now he got a big deal. What happened? I said from the beginning, my feeling was it was hiding behind health. If you look, go through it. Both sides hiding behind health. And congratulations to Jonathan Taylor and his agent for playing it out well. He wasn't getting the contract, right? So originally the Colts said, oh, we're not paying you. And he's like, oh, I don't like that. And then he said, well, I might not come to camp, right? And then the Colts said, well, if you don't come to camp, there's this back issue, and we're going to put you on NFI, non-football injury, which means you won't get paid, and this, that, the other. And he says, well, I don't have a back issue, but I do have an ankle issue from last year still. And we're like, hey, that ankle issue we always thought was going to be fine this year. We didn't see any problem with it. And so he doesn't come to camp. He's rehabbing on his own and then end up putting him on on uh, four weeks out for the start of the season because of the ankle. But wait a minute. In the preseason, they were trying to trade him. They didn't get a trade partner. How do you trade a player that's injured? So how did you put him on? So it was sort of move, counter move. And we yeah. said when this practice window opened that we don't think it's his ankle. I think he's going to be okay. And voila, he gets a new deal. He's ready to go. There's no ramp up time. Now, admittedly, Zach Moss got the majority of the touches and the more yards. But here's the thing. If you're the Colts and you just paid Jonathan Taylor, 
you're going to run them into the ground and risk a hamstring or something else in week one back? Hell or are you going to say game flow split with Zach Moss, who's doing well, and by game flow he was getting a lot of yards, play him yards. because you paid the other guy. He's not like you paid him and you don't like him. You paid him and you want to make sure he's okay. So to me, all of that dynamic sort of made sense on both sides, right? Mm. They were just playing the game, you know, in terms of the way that it is. So. Uh, no hate to the Colts. No hate to Jonathan Taylor's agent. Well played on both sides. Well, do we hate, do we hate the state of Anthony Richardson right now? Because it's what three injuries in five weeks as a rookie. We hating that, right? Well, you know, I if I'm accused of anything, it's I'm, I should be accused of defending players and mm-hmm. ultimate respect for what players put their bodies through. And I think it is a complete insult when you hear terms thrown around the kid's injury prone. He is not injury prone. He had a week one knee contusion that he played through. He got his bell rung concussion, missed week three, and now he got driven down on his shoulder. What do we have in common there? Injury prone is someone else takes the same hit and is not injured and you are injured, right? To me, anyone who takes that hit gets injured. What do we have in common? Three design run plays. There is more danger when you run and you extend plays out of the pocket. Now, if you want to tell me the way Anthony Richardson plays makes him prone to injury, I'll buy that. If you drive like crazy, (laughs) you're prone to get into an accident. Okay? It doesn't make you a bad driver. Yeah. I think he can be prone to look. Our boy Philip Rivers was not prone to injury. Well, he got a nope. share of injuries in the pocket, but he yep. didn't extend plays, right? Didn't really run. And he had the all-time streak. Now there were injections involved and he did a lot of things, but he didn't put himself at that risk because you know he's got, you know, army boots on his feet as he runs, right? I mean, and joke with <laughs> Philip about that. But uh, the bottom line is. It's the style of play. Now, will this continue if he keeps doing that? I mean, you are at more risk, you know, when you now, do that. He is so on pace I don't think he's injury prone. 10 injuries this year. He's on pace. Like, injury prone. Look, I was injury prone, and I don't need anyone to say, oh, no, you weren't. Yeah, I was. Because you know why? I know guys who played my position who played, never had a surgery, never were hurt, didn't have any of the soft tissue issues or the surgeries. And then there are guys like me who had five surgeries in their 10-year career. Then there are guys like Mark Schlereff who've had 25 surgeries in a 12-year career. And some point, one of you guys are injury-prone and one of you guys are not. We got to make that line right there. (laughs) And Mark Schlereff is, I am, sounds like Anthony Richardson already in five weeks has had three injuries and missed multiple games, Doc? That's not injury-prone? Well, there's no question his running style and his success leads to more injuries. I mean, and the question is, how are you going to change that? But I just make the distinction of injury-prone versus prone to injury only because I have too much respect for all athletes to say – because injury-prone almost means that you're not taking care of yourself. You're not doing the rehab. You're not doing the the workouts in the offseason to get right. And I think that's disrespectful. No, that's a great way of saying it. I I, I do respect – 
you respect an athlete for that. Even though we know, no, it just means the results. Look, I'm injury prone. I'm out of shape and my back hurts. I'm injury prone. No <laughs> athletes. <laughs> right, right. Hey, give it to me about Deshaun Watson. I thought this was weird. I had to scratch my head. You're cleared to play, but you don't play. What's that about? That's really interesting. You know, um, we looked at video and we thought it was a lateral shoulder deltoid contusion. I thought fully that he would play. I find it interesting that he didn't play. I find it interesting. I didn't hear the whole interview, but it is interesting that the head coach let out that he was cleared to play, right? And basically saying, well, we were planning on him playing and he didn't play. And I don't think he was, I mean, some people would say, wow, that's throwing him under the bus, right? But I'm sure he's trying to clarify that a little bit. And he hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, so we got to see here. There is word that Tom Pelissaro is saying that it's a rotator cuff contusion. Let me tell you something. There better be a lot of cleanup on aisle seven if he don't play in week six, right, in terms of the comments, right? And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying they got some cleanup to do there. I mean, you come, you were cleared to play week four. You had a bye week, week five. And you're not going to practice week six and maybe not play. If you don't play week six, there are going to be a lot of questions asked here and needed to sort out. Now, if he does have a rotator cuff contusion, that can explain how it takes time, how he finished week three but couldn't play week four, and it can linger. But they got a lot of cleanup to do on that information. So sometimes keeping the veil close and, and this is what I found, that when I have run into athletes and they understand what I do, people that I have not met, they've actually appreciated my side of it because sometimes the way the team goes, it makes it makes them look bad. Like right now, mm -hmm. if Deshaun Watson doesn't play week six, he's going to look bad without a lot of cleanup as to what it is. If he does have a rotator cuff contusion, and we're going back to look at all the film from week three now with, with the staff, this would make sense. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You're caught in that tug of war of information if you're a fan. You hear someone's cleared to play, you think they're in perfect health. That player does not want to go out there compromised to the point where they may put something bad on film in terms of how they play. So Deshaun Watson been on the struggle bus for a while since he got to Cleveland. Game here, game there looking good, but most of them subpar. I think he's almost at the point in his confidence that unless I'm going to be great in terms of health, I'm not putting myself out there because the chances are it may not go well. And I think he's in that place with all that money guaranteed. Why risk it? They can do nothing to him. And all he can do is go out there and hurt his brand and hurt their belief in him. So interesting when you talk about that. Let's talk about how there were only six players out of the 19 in the concussion protocol that actually returned to play. That's not a good high number, Doc. What's going on? Well, you know, there's a lot of talk about the concussion protocol has changed this year after two. It hasn't changed. You know, like a lot of times, though, where the rules in the NFL may not change, but they may gather the referees and emphasize the rules, right? And I think that's what's happening. And this last week in week five, so it's week four concussions, four of the players returned to play, which increased the number from two out of 15 to six out of 19. And six out of 19 
approaches last year's numbers. So there's no change in the protocol. There's just early statistical vari variants. And of course, everyone's being extra careful. Nobody wants to be singled out like the red hat in Miami was. The, the, the guy in Seattle got yelled at temporarily, but he, at least he's getting praised for doing the right thing. And look, uh, Jamal Adams did not get fined. And let me tell you, in my mind, it's great that he made an apology. Okay, that's great. There is no way even absent an apology that he can get fine. Look, Marcellus, I've had people cuss me out on the sideline before, and I've deserved it before sometimes, maybe <laughs> a smart aleck uh, here and there. I mean, I know there's one player that I won't name his name right now and say, you're right, you're right, coming off the field. He's like, I'm fine. Are you sure you're right? Fuck off, Chow. I go, well, yeah, you're all right, because you're normally pretty ornery. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's <laughs> happened before, okay? I mean, yeah. and this is where you have to know your personnel, right? And uh, read into people <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it, it's an emotional game. And here's a guy he's never met who, after over a year of struggle to come back from the quad, not even 10 plays in, says you're out of the game. You'd oh. be mad, too. <laughs> he didn't punch yeah. him. He exchanged some words. If he punched him, okay, that's just unacceptable. He he spoke his mind. I mean, it's okay. And yeah. what I love, and this is not coach speak, right? I don't know if you okay. saw this. Initially, Pete Carroll. Love Pete Carroll. But he has a special brand. Actually, I saw a website indexing coach speak of coaches. And we've done that for a while. But I just saw someone who's created a Twitter account for coach speak. Pete Carroll's awesome. He's Pollyanna. After the Jamal Adams yelling said. Yeah, someone said something. He might have been yelling at someone who, who said it. He was denying that Jamal Adams was yelling at the Red Hat. He clearly was. Look at the video. And now saying, okay, he yelled at him, but he was concussed. And so you can't hold him responsible and, and, and whatever. But just the spin, the coach speak, it's just the way of the world. That's all it is. And it's fine. And yeah. what I do is I don't, I, since I have no sources, I'm not beholden to anybody. Kind of like you. Right. You're not beholden right. to anybody. You can, look, I can be wrong. I'm just looking at video. I can be wrong. And there can be new information that comes out. Initially, I said, uh, Devon Achan is injured there. And one angle in a pile, I said, you know, it looks like high ankle. But it turns out now that we have the all 22, it's an MCL, which MCL high ankle, as you know, when you get rolled up on, can be similar. So that's a case where initially not exactly right, and we can own it, but we just go, we don't go by whispers and sources. We go by primary information and, and try and give you, as you say, pull back the veil, pull back the curtain a little bit as to the process. I love it, and that's why we're here. And um, I'm really enjoying these segments, and I, I let you go on this one. We need to pull back the veil because if you look from the crowd to the stage, it looks like Bill Belichick needs to exit stage left. What is going on in New England? But I know there has to be more to it. Give it to me, Doc. Well, look, we all know that Mac Jones is not Tom Brady, right? And, you know, uh, the Chargers went from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. The Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck until, quote, well, Luck ran out. And that's what you need, right? The Packers went from Favre to Rodgers, right? And right now, Mac Jones isn't getting it done on that side of the ball. But here's the biggest issue. They've lost, arguably, a couple of their best players defensively, right? Yeah. Matthew Judon is a beast, and he tore his distal biceps, and he is out. 
with surgery. And then their young rookie corner high draft pick, dislocated shoulder. And he opted for surgery, which is his right. I haven't seen his MRI. Some players have played through with a harness. He's got good film on tape. He's a rookie. He's his prerogative. But he opted for surgeries out. They got J.C. Jackson back, but J.C. Jackson is not healthy from coming off his uh, patella tendon rupture. So, uh, you know, if you don't have anything on either side of the ball, I mean, it's it's a tough road there for for uh, Coach Belichick. Yeah, it's a tough road. Yeah, it's funny because when you look at sports, uh, it always is this conversation. I mean, I'm sensitive to the athletes and the coaches, but it used to always be this jockey versus horse conversation, right? Just basically, is it the coach or is it the players? And being a coach now and a former player, I swear it's the players. Like, you give me enough talent, I almost have to mess it up. But if you don't give me much talent, I can't coach all that up. Like, I get to a certain point. You tell me what you think, Doc. Well, I'm not going to say anything negative about Bill Belichick as a coach. I mean, did he make Brady or Brady make him? Our guy, Phillip Rivers, if he was in New England, is he as or less successful as Tom Brady? I don't know, right? The coaching has a lot to do with it, right? But you have to have some baseline level of talent. But if you are going to criticize New England or Coach Belichick now – I don't think it's fair to criticize his coaching ability because when he had Matthew Judon and Christian Benford, they shut down Tyree Kill, right? And not yeah. a lot of people have. Yeah. But if you're going to criticize, maybe it's GM Bill Belichick because mm-hmm. he is the GM that brings in the horses and the talent and then coaches them. So if you're going to be critical, I would be hesitant to be critical of him as a coach but you might be able to be critical of him as a GM. And as you know, it's a hard job. I mean, all GMs are watching college film all during the football season while you're coaching. It's hard to wear those two hats. And if there is something going on there, maybe it's that because he's the one putting the talent on the field as well as coaching them. And if he doesn't have the talent on the field, in that case, it's still – you know, points to one man there. And I'm not trying to be critical of anything. I'm defending his coaching ability. Don't don't you qualify it. You nailed it right there. (laughs) You know damn well right now in October, Belichick ain't watching no collegiate game film. So he's not even trying to wear two hats. He just got a hat on the desk and he puts on his coach's hat right here. So I get to you later. Meanwhile, all those other GMs that are exclusively there for that role are getting that head start on Belichick. We see the results. We see how he's losing that race. Appreciate you, Dr. Chow. Every single Tuesday, we're going to have the pro football doc in here. Straight, pure, dope intel, always giving us the real. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you next week, man. All right. I love my guy right there. He got me right, too, y'all. He got me. I got paid, and then I got broke down. He tuned me back up so I could keep balling. Always got a love and affinity for Dr. Chow. All right, y'all, it's time to funk up some comments. Funk up some comments, yeah. Well, all these comments are going to be on the same topic. Stephen A. plays the race card. Yeah, the big joker. Yes, he did. Let's read these comments right here. Stephen A. Smith was deep in his feelings about you calling out his insecurity. You were careful to point out his intelligence and vocabulary, and he ignored all that to slime you. Appreciate you for not responding in kind 
admire you even more with your composure in this segment. By the way, I'm sure the boss has told him to leave it alone since he's hurting ESPN with all that ish. Yeah. Um, I mean, you people hear what they want to hear, selective perception. I don't think Stephen A. Smith is dumb. Matter of fact, I gave him props on his level of intelligence and his deep vocabulary, which I think is more extensive than even mine. However, uh, what I was just talking about was something completely different from that. Highlighting Max's supreme intelligence to not only Stephen A, but to me. So Max smarter than me. You think that hurt my feelings? <laughs> I'm faster than Max. I'm bigger than Max. I'm cuter than Max. Like, y'all some soft people when y'all, so what are you talking to? And I was like, man, look, if you think you're as smart as Max, you stupid. <laughs> That's how I felt. Like, we not even going to do it. Georgia and Columbia. Oh, they better than Columbia. What else you got to do? <laughs> what else you got to say today, partner? So to me, it was that simple, and he took it a whole different direction, which to me showed his insecurity. All right, facts. I stopped watching these shows once they stopped analyzing the game. Ben Mahler, for example, is trash. Who's Ben Mahler? Thank you for what you are doing, holding sports media accountable. Yeah. I don't care if y'all call it gossipy. I don't care if y'all don't like it. Don't watch it. I got segments. Watch uh, Dr. Child talk about injuries and coaches lying. Watch us talk about Rich Paul and Shams and Woj. I'm going to give you the whole buffet. Eat what you want. I like it all, <laughs> but I'm the chef. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all tune into what you want. However, I ain't letting these dudes off the hook. I go to school, and I'm going to say this again. With Russell Westbrook, who I love, who I think is just, he's younger than me, and I still, like, look up to him because of how, how hard he plays. Like, dang, I ain't never seen nobody go 100%, 100% of the time. And I respect him, love his family, love his wife, Nina, the little kids, love. They in my daughter's class. And, and there's, there are little kids that have teased the family, teased the little dude before. And where they get that ammo? from dudes out there like that. So man, I'm on their head. Can't be ripping down heroes like that just because you trying to get your viewers up. No. I have never commented on a YouTube show as I watch on my TV. Had to come to the computer to tell Marcel to tell it like it is. I'm a 70 year old man, respect, who watches Marcellus every day. Mr. Wiley is a confident man, that I am. No chip on his shoulder, no I don't. Stephen A is way off on this one. Yes he was. <laughs> I'm glad you see through this one. Glad somebody in the media is genuinely calling Stephen A out. He's been on straight sucker stuff when it comes to Max. Yeah, like we ain't noticing. That's the thing. We're, 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 we're fans of you, Stephen A, so we actually listen to you. And then we also know when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're perturbed, and you just have funk all on you. Every time Max was talking, I was like, damn, do you care? Obviously, you didn't. He played the clout chaser card and the race card. It was hilarious. Yeah, that caught me off guard. Because I remember I told y'all about a week or two ago, I said I was I listened to his show. I still will. What you mean? I ain't going to hate this dude like that. And I was listening to his show, and I was like, oh, he sneak dissing. I think he sneak dissing me, but he ain't saying my name, so whatever. But I hate when cats sneak diss. Dog, say my name and number, like my coach said. If I ever call somebody out, I am saying their name and number. Now, if you did something wrong and I don't think you should die for it or everybody doesn't know it, I'm never going to say your name. I protect the guilty. I ain't trying to get you in trouble. But if you're doing something we all notice, sorry, brother, got to do my part. Here's the thing. 
I met Stephen A. Smith for the first time in 2001, I think. Um, we were doing the best damn sports show. Remember that show? I love that show. John Sally and all them. Uh, look, Chris Rose, all them cats. Um, I'm an active player. I am in San Diego playing for the Chargers. I'm that dude. I'm showing up with throwback jerseys on, 20 gold chains, just chilling, right? And I meet him in the green room. Hey, how you doing, Marcel? Said, oh, yeah, nice meeting you, Stephen A. Smith. I'm okay. He was like this. We got on air. He went to the moon in his energy. And I'm not lying. I gave him the biggest props. I was like, dog, you turned that thing on. And I respected that to the fullest. And I loved that. So the point is, I've always had a, like a respect for him. Because how you turn that on like that? And he was like, oh, that's what I got to do. So respect to Stephen A for always being that guy. But at the same time, come on, man. <laughs> Clout chasing? Stephen A, what you making right now, I was making back then. That was 20-something years ago. <laughs> like, don't do that. Clout chasing? I don't work every single network. I don't have show after show after show. I'm not the first athlete to have a daily show, former athlete. I think that would be Mike Golick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm second or third. <laughs> like, I ain't long in that line. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. And like, he tried to reduce me because I'm at the crib chilling, doing it my way, independent. And he's like, oh, they're doing it for clicks. You doing it for views. <laughs> and I don't even think that's a negative. And I don't think doing it for clicks is a negative. It's like you want people to watch. But I give them all the choices in the world. But when he tried to go clout on me and clicks on me, you better recognize. <laughs> I'm Sam Sneed, fool. You better recognize. Boy, you over here bragging about how much money you got in your shows. That's 20, you 20 years late, bro. Like, <laughs> been there, done that. Ah, I hate the flex, but when they flex, I got next. All right. Uh, what else we got here? The last comment right here. Let's leave on a positive one. Say something good about Stephen A. Somebody. Damn it. Uh, if you have a friend that goes to bat for you like this, call them and thank them. Solid people like Marcellus are hard to find in this age. I appreciate y'all. I'm going to say this again, though. I did not do that for Max Kellerman. Not exclusively. Maybe not even in priority. I have not talked to Max since I did this. I'm not doing this for like, Max, you like it? You like it? Was that cool? I'm doing it because this industry funked up. <laughs> and they over here killing cats for no reason. And since one dude got the loudest megaphone, it doesn't give him license and right to shoot at KD, to shoot at LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball, Kwame Brown, whatever. It don't give nobody no license to have that many damn bodies just because you don't like them. Cats need to talk like they talk for real. In the locker room, I don't give a damn who you are. So what, fool? Like, if somebody challenged me in the locker room, I don't care how many Pro Bowls. I don't care what Hall of Fame you in and about to go to. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I need athletes to start saying what? Stop letting these dudes just say anything about y'all and everything. They're going to just keep talking. Man, look. Chirp, chirp. Back, back. At all of them. Smack, smack. <laughs> all right. That's it. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish with Wileyism. Yeah. Don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful because I get caught slipping sometimes.
Like, I got this going on, got this going on. Ooh, it's time to kick in overdrive. When it's like, when nothing's going on or I can't think of my issues, I need to be in overdrive. Like, what am I doing? I got goals out here. I got goals. <laughs> I got goals. Y'all know. And one of my goals is to have the biggest foundation in the world because I can have the greatest impact. Um, now, on the quest for that, it ain't my problems that's pushing me. Because frankly, I don't have as many problems as I've had in the past. Things could pop up tomorrow. Things could pop up today. But my problems are not pushing me. My dream of having the biggest foundation is pushing me now. And I'm thankful because my problems pushed me to go to the NFL. My problems pushed me to go to Columbia. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Because I was like, dog, I'm broke. We broke. What hurt me more than I was broke is we broke. And I don't see a monetizable gift in our family but my football skills. Ain't that sad? Like, I looked around my whole family, and I was just like, like, we got a lot of jobs. A lot of people working. A lot of people trying. A lot of people trying to get it. And all that's going to add up to us staying right here. You know, tread, treadmill, treading water. And I was like, I got something special. And I didn't say I was special. I said I possess something special. Got to show the world. Simple as that. But that was my problems pushing me. Now I'm led by my dreams. It's partly why I'm here. Right? I could be still at them jobs. I could still be doing it. I got the emails. I got the convos. I got the texts. I still got the relationships. Nah, son. <laughs> you think I could be up there with Acho? Talking about go to projecttransition.org. <laughs> I'm going to be like, man, if you don't sit your head down. Here, 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 write the check right there. Be like, shut up. Can we do this? Talk about the Jets. Jets and Patriots. Who you got, Wiley? I'm like, man, look. See what I'm saying? So don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. All you guys out there who are in a good place, what's in front of you that you really want? And all you guys out there that got stuff going on, yeah, get away from that. But also know what's in front of you. We all need to be in the same mindset. Don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career 
And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 